And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Arthur Staple here. Welcome back to No Sleep Till Belmont, the Islanders podcast from The Athletic. Just want to let you know this podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. We're joined again by our October guest co-host, Michael Grabner. Grabs, good to have you back. Oh, thanks for having me. Let's go for round two here. <laughs> That's right. And round two with the season for the Islanders starting tomorrow in Carolina, the beginning of their crazy 13-game road trip to, to kick off this season. We'll do a little season preview in our second segment, talk about who we think are uh, maybe get to the conference finals in each, in each conference, Stanley Cup finals, our pick to win it all. Um, but in the first segment, we're just going to focus on the Islanders and where we think they'll finish. So, Grabs, Islanders... What do you think? Um, I think they're going to be up there, uh, probably competing for winning their their division, um, maybe even conference. So, But obviously, the East is usually pretty strong with some good teams over there. Um, Boston comes to mind. Uh, Washington, obviously, always up there. Uh, in Carolina, I like how they've been playing the last couple of years. And uh, so it's definitely going to be some tough competition. but. Uh, I think they're going to be up there again, just like the last few years here. So it's, I hope they don't let me down with my predictions. <laughs> uh, I have them winning the division too. in my, my snap predictions that I made the other day. Um, and that's really first, I mean, it, you know, in all your years here, expectations were not a big thing for you guys. What, what is it like when you're going into a season and everybody, no matter what team you're on, you feel like you've got a chance to win because you guys have trained, you guys have, you know, put in the work before the season starts, you feel like you got a shot at least to make the playoffs. But the Islanders never really got much respect. What was what was that feeling like, or was it even a, a thing that was a concern for you guys? Uh of course every if you're an athlete or a competitor, your mindset is to win. I don't care what someone says or what fans are saying. Like, you know, if you're going in a game, you lose, you lose, but you're still going to be upset no matter how good your team is or what people are saying before the season. So every every year, everyone that goes in there is trying to win. But that being said, obviously, when people are starting to talk about your team and your expectations are rising, so does the pressure, right? You, that's a good thing, though, because you, you're getting the respect around the league, around the fans, so that's what you want. And that's, I think, what the Islanders have done in the last few years build up a reputation of their play, how hard they work, um, their system, their, everyone is buying into their system. So um, that gives you confidence, right? If you're seeing all the positive stuff being said about you and same with the other stuff, if when people are talking negative, you kind of trying to use that going into the season, trying to prove those people wrong. So um, I think it's a positive when people are talking about you guys though, or the Islanders, um, in a positive sense where that will just build off. And if you got to come into the season, get off their hot start, I think that just kind of snowballs and makes the game easier. Right. So, uh, like I said, I think they built that the last few years here where 
where there's a buzz around them, even around the league, they know that it's gonna be a hard team to play against. And uh, yeah, again, like it, their times definitely has changed have changed since I've been there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is you know even some of the guys in the last couple of days have been talking about having the expectations and trying to embrace that. Um, you know, it, does it ever? Does it ever get into the room, positive or negative? I mean, you know, when, when people are talking about you, is it is it difficult to shut that out, no matter what people are saying about you? Uh, I think it depends on each player, to be honest. Um, as a team, I don't know. Like, I've never not really been on many, no, not really any teams that are like coming in the room, be like, "Hey, did you hear about this? They talk about us about this and this." Like, it's kind of all just white noise. If it's for but it might be different for players per players. I learned early in my career to kind of shut this all out because you could be a hero on any given day for your own fan base. And the next day you make a mistake and like half the, half the fan base is all, all against you, right? Like you're like, you can see that. And I think that no, you notice that more now with the social media and that's just kind of started when I was with the Islander, the Twitter and Instagram and all this stuff picking up. Um, and I think I just learned early on, you cannot tune that out because you can never, you can never win everyone over. Right. So, um, the same goes for the room though. Like, I think people just kind of try to shut that out and leave it out there unless there's really some bad stuff. Sometimes coaches will bring up an article or something, right. Just kind of like to fire you up and get you going. Like if it's really something bad but other than that you just kind of go to the rink you know, like I said no matter if you're on a team that's predicted to win it or people are picking to go last like you go in there you try to do your job you try to compete that's why we're in this business um, guys go out there they work the bag off and um, try to win the game right so um, I don't think there's ever anyone going into a season saying oh we're going to be second to last this year right so uh, I think most of the that's why you're a professional athlete. You kind of try to tune out all this stuff around it. And maybe some younger guys are going to learn that when they come in the league. But for the most part, I think whatever is said outside kind of stays outside. You maybe hear it, but you kind of just disregard it. goes in one year out the other kind of thing. That's how I always felt you took my questions when you were on the Islanders in, in one year out the other. So I, I appreciate that you're saying <laughs> now that it, 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 nothing really affected you. So I, I like that. Um as far as individuals on the Islanders that uh, could, you know, the one thing the Islanders are not are big uh, stat monsters under Barry Trotz. They're definitely defense first. And uh, so I guess we'll kind of have to temper our expectations and throw a couple of over-unders out there. Um, Anders Lee, you think he's over or under 30 goals this year? It's been a couple of years since he scored 30, but he's obviously a reliable scorer that you've played with a little bit. So uh, you think he goes over or under 30 for this season? Um, could go either way. It could be like a 26, 27 or like 32. I would, I would say over. Let's give him some credit. The team putting up some offensive numbers because like you said, everyone is going against them and be like, oh, they're just defensive driven. But I think they got some skill up front and uh, obviously a strong power play, which he's thriving on in front of the net. So let's go over and say like 32. Okay. And then uh, for Matthew Barzal, who's usually their leading point scorer, um, over 75 points are under this year for him. Mm, I'll say over two. Uh, he's just a solid player with his speed and he can just create stuff with his skating. And obviously on the power plays, like I said, the power play is strong. So I'll go over with 75. Okay. 
All right. And then uh, the last one, I guess, will go team-wide because that's really the only thing that matters. Um, I think the betting lines have the Islanders, I think, around 98.5 or 99.5. That's their over-under for the year. I, I, I think that's a little uh, points. I think that's a little low for them. I'll, I'll set it for I was going to say, you. I think they'll break 100. They'll break yeah. it in like, depends. like I said, they're looking at their division. Like, always, they always have one of the toughest ones, right? Pittsburgh, Washington, like Carolina been going up there the last years, right? Like the only thing is Washington, Pittsburgh, they're probably getting on the older side now. Yeah. So on where the Islanders are kind of still striving full speed ahead. So I'll go with over. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that's a little bit low for the betting lines to set the Islanders, although they haven't been the I think best. The betting line should have been like a one on one. That should yeah. have been probably a good line on it. Yeah, they're you know people set the set their lines. I think based on how they've done in the regular season the last couple of years, where they haven't been the monsters that they were in the playoffs. But uh, but yeah, I'll go over I'll go over a hundred as well. And uh, do you think that there's any trophy winners in that Islanders locker room for this season? Trophy winners? Well, maybe the goal is <laughs> um, if they're playing the same way and the defensive style, obviously. The goalies always look good on an Islander team. Um, uh, it's tough to say these days, man. Like I look at the teams and then I look at players and the voting and stuff. I'm like, who? Like I have some different opinion on other teams, like or other like, people that vote on these these trophies. So it's tough to say. Maybe some someone comes out of nowhere like and puts up some serious numbers on the back end, or you know what I mean. Like it's tough to predict those things. I feel like compared to like some of those like standings looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So now we'll go into what we think about the league. And we obviously both think the Islanders are going to be good this year. Maybe a division winner. Uh, Who do you like out of the Atlantic division? where uh, the Florida teams look both look pretty good. Toronto's always up there. Um, who who's your favorite in that division? Mm, my favorite. I'm sort of thought about it much, but like I said, they have always a tough competition in there. Like the Florida teams have been up there battling in the last couple of years. Boston is always up. They can never discredit them, obviously, right? Um, but to win it. Uh, uh, I go with Boston again. I don't know. They uh, okay. somehow always seem to grind it out towards the end and somehow stand on top of it all somehow. Yeah, that's a good pick. I, I think I'm going to stick with uh, with Tampa, but I think Florida is going to give them a real run this year. And Toronto, obviously, is a very good... Well, Florida already... Tampa already lost yesterday. They're out for a year. They're done. <laughs> that's right. 0-1. They're done. So they're, <laughs> they're out of the running. Uh, out, out west, it's uh, it's another... 
it's an it's a little bit crowded more crowded now in the Pacific with Seattle in there, but uh that's kind of the division that I think everybody points at as as maybe one of the one of the softer ones. It's got, you know, Edmonton and Calgary and Vancouver, none of whom has really distinguished themselves in the last few years. The three California teams who have all been kind of a, a mess Struggling, the last yeah. couple of seasons. Um, Seattle, brand new team, and then there's Vegas, who looked pretty good beating Seattle last night, even though they gave up. Uh, yeah, a but they lead. put up a fight, Seattle. I watched just a little bit of the last period, so. Um, but the yeah, their division, I would say, is probably one of the weaker one, or the, maybe the, even the weakest one. I don't know. Um, I've liked Vancouver the way they played. Um, I think they added Garland, who I. Obviously, no well, but it kind of objectively say he's like one of the hardest workers I've ever played with. If he does what he's been doing here, I think it will help their lineup and the way all if he can kind of reestablish himself, he doesn't have the captain anymore. So I think they could be a kind of sleeper in that division. Um, but for the favorites, that's got to probably be Vegas or Edmonton. I'll say probably Vegas just because they're more, have been more consistent over the last couple of years, I would say. Yeah, yeah, they seem like the most complete team in that in that division, and uh, I'll probably go Vegas too. And now in the Central, uh, obviously Colorado is really the dominant team. Um, they start tonight. Uh, Nathan McKinnon is out; he tested positive for COVID nineteen, but still they they got a pretty dominating lineup. Um, your old team, the Coyotes, is in are in there. I don't know if anybody's really picking them to do a whole lot in that tough division, whether it's Colorado, Winnipeg, St. Louis, Mini. Um, my pick is Colorado. I think they're going to be a clear winner in that division just because they they have so much talent and they really seem like they're ready to put it together. What about you? Yeah, I got to say the same thing. Um, Colorado got to probably be up there at the end of the day um, from playing against them in Edmonton in the bubble. Like their power play, their, their skill they have up front. It's just a different animal. It's kind of kind of like the Islanders, right? Like it just can't really seem to put it together quite yet, but once they do, I think they're gonna be absolutely a machine. Like they can't be stopped. Like, um, like I said, we play, we played them in the first round in Edmonton. I'm like, dude, if they don't win, I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> they were so good, but then they had some injuries. Obviously, you can never, you never know what happens in a long season, right? So, but yeah, they should be up there at the end of the day in that division. All right, so now we'll look way down the road to the end of. Uh the end of the playoffs, the conference finals. Um, my pick for the East and West, I've got Islanders versus Florida in the in the East. I kind of feel like Tampa is going to get to the end there, and I think the the way that they had to kind of reorder some of their, their really good depth when they lost Goodrow and they lost Gord and they lost uh, Coleman, that really takes away a lot from, from their team when they get into the deep rounds of the playoffs. Um, so I got Islanders versus the Panthers in the East and in the West. Uh, I've got Colorado and Edmonton, I think. I think the Oilers are going to, like you said, probably put – maybe they'll be able to put it together finally to, to make a decent run out of a division that's not as strong. So those are my final four. What do you got, Krabs? Uh, okay, I'll start with our West. I think it's going to be Colorado. And then, yeah, I see the Vegas or Edmonton. It's kind of been the same the last years, right? Always yeah. picking the same pe- like the same teams over and over. What's the fun in that to pick the same team? I know, I know. This is the time but, you can just guess. Nobody cares. No, I know, but you want to have an objective opinion here. Like, I don't want to <laughs> say, hey, it's going to be, I don't know, Nashville versus Vancouver <laughs> when I don't think that might happen. So, But I think Colorado should be getting to the finals. Um, Edmonton, yes, no. This, Like I said, they seem to have 
not put it together in the playoffs. So I go Colorado Vegas. Okay. Colorado Vegas for the West and uh, the East. Yeah, I'll go with the Islanders. I'm on the Islanders podcast, so I might as well pick <laughs> them. But I don't think that's it's it's and gets a fair point though. Like they've been up to, like I said, I think if last year they beat Tampa, they probably would have won it all. So go with Islanders and um, who they're gonna play. Um, I'm gonna pick Boston. I think Boston okay. gets back there. Um, again, like I just like the way they play. They still, I think, have a lot of juice left. They're, they're getting older, but still, like I think the way they've been playing the last, I don't know how many years, they always seem to find a way to be up there and competing towards the end. So I think it's gonna be Island of Boston. That should be a good, good would be a good uh, conference final too. All right, all right. So we're pretty similar, and uh, I can sort of see where yours is headed. Mine is headed towards Islanders Avalanche in the finals, which I think would be a great final, kind of a contrast of, like you said, that kind of overwhelming speed and skill that Colorado has and the Islanders' ability to defend and kind of make things a a much more grinding style of game, which works well in the playoffs. Uh, And my finals pick, I'm going to take the Avalanche in six. Um, We have to get very specific here with uh, with our Stanley Cup final picks because we're going to go back and revisit this when the season's (laughs) over. So, uh, so I've got okay. Colorado over the Islanders. What do you got, Mike? Yep, I'll go with Islanders, Colorado. It's, I don't know. We never we didn't talk about this before, so it's kind of it's, <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's a but... pretty consistent pick. I think if you look around at some of the people that are making these predictions now, it's not it's not totally out of out of left field. That's what I mean. I think honestly, if if we had the same discussion before last season, I would have probably made the similar picks that I'm doing right now, and like. A lot of th- not a lot of things change in a year, right? Like unless like there's like their stars are really at the end of their career and they're kind of switching over to like a rebuild or a younger team. But if we would have this discussion last year, I probably would have picked the team similar to what I'm doing right now because I still feel like obviously the Islanders are in their prime, right? Like a lot of young guys coming and playing well. So I'm gonna go Islanders, Colorado, and then I'll say that more the defensive style of the Islanders will win. I'll say, I'll say, goes seven. Wow. Okay. Well, um, we need a we need a Stanley Cup final game seven. <laughs> well, if there's a team that would play it and do well in it, it's probably the Islanders, since they seem to seem to thrive in those long series. Um, and what a coincidence that Michael Grabner comes on our No Sleep Till Belmont podcast and predicts that the Islanders are going to win the Stanley Cup. It's it's uh, it's amazing that that that. That, that coincidence happened. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> the thing is, if it would be way far-fetched, I couldn't have made that. So for me, it's not that far-fetched. Like I said, I think if they would have won last year, they would have won it all. It's just like Tampa. It was so close, obviously. So um, I think this year, they'll just pull through. Obviously, granted any huge injuries, God forbid. Um, other than that, if they stay healthy, I don't think there's there shouldn't be a way they wouldn't be able to win, right? So. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Now we're going to just get a couple of listener questions. Let's open up the mailbag. 
you've got, got mail. mail. A lot of people had some questions for you, Grabs. Uh, mm-hmm. People who remember things maybe better than you remember them from your Islander days. But, I got uh, a pretty good memory. That's true. That's true. Okay. Um, here's one from uh, Rob Martin. He just wants to know, was there anything about the Coliseum that would be surprising for fans to know? Just being in the Coliseum, being down in the event level, do you think there's anything that fans would be surprised to learn about the locker room or anything like that? Mm, I don't know. Surprised. I don't know. Uh, I don't really know, <laughs> know what that, what, what surprises a, a rink would hold. Maybe how close the teams were in the dressing rooms. I don't yeah. know. That's a pretty good one. Could you hear guys in the if things got heated in the in the oh, visitors' yeah. room? Could you hear well, them? Heated, but like even if you were were in our change room, you could hear like their their dressing room right after like you lose or something, and it's just like kind of you hear them cheering over there and stuff. So, like obviously the Coliseum was really kind of small, right? Like everything. That's why the atmosphere was so good in there because the sound stayed in good. So the same way it was in the locker room. Everything was kind of close and tight, and you saw guys. Like walking to the room, they're like thirty feet away only. So like, where some other rings there on the opposite side or something, right? Like, it's just, um, yeah. It was I, like I said, I loved the Coliseum, but maybe that's people didn't know that how close like the teams were. That's a good one. It's going on. all right. Kurt Green asks, who is the most underrated goalie that you played with? Who is like the sneaky best goalie that you were teammates with? Not necessarily just on the Islanders, but uh, but in your yeah. whole time in the league. It's a tough question. Now I gotta think about all the goalies I play with. It's a, <laughs> we don't ask. Yeah. We don't ask easy questions here, our fans. So. I know, but I played for forty nine teams, so <laughs> let's try to figure out all the goalies I play with. Um, sneaky good goalie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's sneaky, like, but like Ranta when it was with the Rangers, like. Mm. Like obviously the last years he had a lot of injuries, but um, when I was with the Rangers, obviously we had Lundqvist in front, and he was kind of the backup. But when he was playing, it felt like he was a starter, right? So at the time, but obviously he got his credit then being traded here and becoming a starter. But at the time, I think he was kind of not known for much. But the way he battled in practice and um, when he, when he was in net, it just felt like a starter. So, but. Again, he got his credit later on of becoming a starter here in Arizona and um, just had some bad luck with injuries, but maybe that. I don't even know all the goalies. There's so many goalies. Like, that'll, like, be, that'll be next week. We're going to quiz you on all the goalies that you're teammates with and just uh, <laughs> you might have to study up. Um, I know. I might have to pull up some <laughs> old like rosters here. All right. Here's one from Earl Schwartz. It's kind of a jokey question, but I'm going to I'm going to take a little bit of his question and ask it of all your goals in the NHL, which I believe he says is 175. Um, what was your favorite? Um, I think I read that question before I came on. Actually, he said <laughs> a butt goal, right? So. Um, I don't even know what goal that is referring to. That butt goal was that with that's the Islanders? like when I was in, uh, in Toronto, like I couldn't score. My life depended on it that year. So. And I was in Detroit. I shot the puck on a breakaway. The guy tripped me. I got the rebound and it hit my ass and, oops, sorry, my butt and went in. So they called it the butt goal, right? That kind of one of my, I don't even know. I think I scored eight goals that year. So that was one of them. <laughs> um, I scored a lot of bizarre goals. I think, like, I remember a goal in Boston I scored where I split the D 
or like a shot, it's through the D, it went off the glass and hit hit the goalie's back and went in. <laughs> so there's a lot of like random goals like you think about that usually don't happen. And then, so they, I guess they're memorable just because those stick out. All right. What was your favorite one? Like a legit, you know, something that was like a big moment for you? There's a couple, obviously a goal against Pittsburgh in the playoffs at home in the Coliseum that year. Um, that one regular season game, it felt like uh, when I scored with like 10 seconds left for the, for the Rangers, that was the Islanders not going to like to hear that, but I scored uh, 10 seconds left to win it in regulation and a breakaway where I picked off a pass. So there's like some that are like fun, like that are more like in game situations or more meaning to a game than just like a random bounce off the glass, obviously. So, well, I think Earl might be right. It might be the butt goal then. I don't know. Yeah, the butt goal, I said, it's kind of like the whatever, the butt fumble or whatever happened a year <laughs> ago. That's right. That's right. It's the Canadian uh, equivalent of that. Um, yeah. All right. Rob Martin has one. This is, uh, this is one you want to think about. Uh, how much of an issue is the language barrier for guys in NHL teams? Obviously, there's people from countries where they don't, English is not their first language. Um, so, you know, is everyone always able to communicate and how do you kind of overcome those barriers when you're in a room with a lot of guys who maybe don't, like I said, don't speak English as their first language? Um, yeah, sometimes maybe, obviously I noticed the Eastern Europeans, maybe like Russians, like, che like, you know, Czech, Slovak, sometimes when they come over the first time and they didn't really have much exposure to English, maybe it's different now in their in schooling and stuff. I don't know how they did back then, but but those guys usually are willing to learn and they pick it up quick. And uh, the, obviously the hockey language stays the same, no matter if you're playing in Russia, Czech, Sweden, or here, you know, the X's and O's, at least you can kind of explain it on like a board and stuff, right? So uh, they might not pick up on the, on the inside jokes and like what people actually mean when they're joking around in the beginning, but so it doesn't really become too much of an issue because hockey culture is like if you join a team, you can kind of become family, right? And you kind of make it work. Now, even the the Russian we had here in Arizona, he's probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. He didn't really speak a lot, but he still kind of communicate and talk and 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 get around things with kind of the hand and feet language, explaining <laughs> stuff, right? So. But he is one of the guys that's trying to learn and he's getting better every year. So uh, for the most part, I didn't really see much of an issue in my career. Um, but again, there's a lot of obviously other Europeans or other from other countries being other teams that I never played with. So who uh, who that you played with spoke the most languages that you can remember? Was there a guy, whether it's European? I or... think I think Kreider does. Like yeah. from what I, I remember, I think he speaks like a few. He spoke Russian. I don't know how he learned Russian, but he could speak with Buchnevich somehow. So I don't know. He's Kreider is an odd duck, but a great guy, obviously. But somehow, like I don't know how he learned like Russia, for example, right? Russian. So he, I think he knows a few other ones though. So he was just kind of one of those guys that are sneaky smart right like it's not easy to learn a, a language and then to learn like four or five or whatever however many he knows is pretty impressive yeah it's uh that is impressive and i know that uh, i think leo Komarov is another one of those guys that you yeah leo yeah i forgot about him <laughs> um, leo is leo that's what i mean he knows but uh, but 
granted for him, he lived in those countries, though, right? Like That's he played true. in Russia. He's, from, uh, he's born in, like, I think Latvia, but he's Finnish passport in Sweden. So that guy's been everywhere. Where Kreider <laughs> is kind of just here, and I don't know how he decided to learn languages. So, But regardless, it's still impressive for Leo to know all these languages. That's true. You gotta, you're got you underestimating us Americans in Kreider, so uh, good for him. <laughs> Well, we love that mailbag segment. I think we're going to bring that one back again next week for uh, some great questions. And uh, I just want to say, everyone, thanks for listening to No Sleep Till Belmont. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave a rating and review. If you're enjoying the show, that really helps us out. You can subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial, then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, you can save 50% on an annual subscription to The Athletic. When you visit theathletic.com slash no sleep till Belmont, Michael Grabner, thanks as always. We'll talk again next week and we'll actually have some real games to talk about. So you got to fire up the old DVR and make sure you watch. Exactly. I was literally just thinking that it's going to be fun to actually talk about something that's happening now and not just <laughs> revisiting stuff. So it'll be fun to dissect some of the game. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.